Fall camp is here, everyone. It is football season, and we're going to break down the latest news from camp right now on Wildcat Radio. Wildcat Radio. Welcome back, everyone, to Wildcat Radio, the most interesting podcast in your face, covering areas in your face. Covering Arizona football news, Arizona basketball news, and Arizona recruiting news. This is Brian Conger, the host of Wildcat Radio. Thank you for joining us. You can follow us on Twitter at Wildcat Radio AZ and on Facebook at Wildcat Radio. And you can subscribe to the podcast for free on Apple Podcasts, TuneIn Radio, Google Play, you name it. We are there. And our new our new website, sharpcollegefootball.com, which we'll talk a little bit more about in a bit. Thank you for joining us. Football season is here. Everyone has pads on. We have scrimmages going. And I have, I have three people with pads on myself, Mr. Rob Bauer and Mr. Rick DeNice. What is going on? Rick, Rick, you're new. Let's go with you first, man. It's been a while. What's up, man? Yeah, how are you guys? I'm excited to be back on. It's uh, It's been a while, but looking forward to a hopefully better football season than we had last year. This week zero is throwing me off because we were basically doing fall camp a week, almost a week and a half before a lot of these other teams. And right, we, we do our other podcast, 12-pack radio. And I'm like, ah, it's always better when the, basically everybody's on the same schedule so I can read the news at the same time. But it is really fun to be able to start reading stuff. Michael Lev, by the way, at the Arizona Daily Star does phenomenal work. So really, really excited to continue continue reading his stuff and really highlight um, his work because it's quite good. And Rob, what's going on, man? How are you? I'm great. I'm, I'm back after uh, 80 miles in the wilderness of Wyoming, a little sore, but uh, I am ready for football. I hope you were thinking a lot about Marcel Yates, just pondering how, how he's going to turn this defense <laughs> around here. <laughs> a lot I, of time. I, I just, I wish I had Marcel Yates job security. That's all I, that's all I want. <laughs> like, just, uh, Michael Lev, um, I, on uh, I, some source that I was reading, he he actually made the correlation that they defense has improved year over year um, in third down efficiency and uh, passing and run defense. And when you're basically at the bottom and there's nowhere to go but up, I think that's kind of uh, shining a, a, a positive light. On, on that, but it's, it's still like polishing the turd. I feel like <laughs> <laughs> that's the best time about fall, right? Hope springs eternal. Everyone's winning the national championship, except Oregon state. It's a beautiful time. We always get to be optimistic. Oh, no. or- Oregon state's talking like Oregon state sites. And I follow a bunch of Oregon state beat writers are like, are, are talking about, you know, the, the projected defensive improvement because they have everyone back off the, the defense that ranked, I believe one twenty nine out of one thirty and made a rank last season. So, Congrats. Everyone is back off one of the worst defenses. I always go back to one of my favorite quotes from the Raina Troy podcast. Alicia Deartola said, basically, you know, every offseason, it's not like, you know, NCAA football 2014, where every player gets better and it's just how much better they get. You know, Some players get worse and some players don't improve and some players do get better. So uh, one of the, the great things here, though, is as we're going through Arizona football, I think there's a lot of positions where I do think we're going to get better. And this team could be fairly solid. Obviously, there's some question marks. But let's start off, gentlemen, with the quarterback position. Obviously, Khalil Tate had a rough year uh, in 2018. Lots of frustrations, but butted heads with the coaching staff. I think there was definitely some leadership problems on and off the field with him. Maybe not off the field, uh, more on the field, let's say on the field. And uh, from all accounts, it sounds like he really has figured out how to be a starting quarterback for Arizona, at least in the offseason and at least in fall camp and in spring camp. And I'm just pretty 
like I, I tend to be fairly bullish on him this year. I think he showed what he could do in 2017. And uh, I'm just curious to see how this offensive coaching staff is able to work with him to be able to use his arm and his legs. Um, let's start with Tate first and then let's go to the number two. Cause I think the backup position battle is quite fascinating, but Rick, are you excited about Khalil Tate this coming year? What do, what do you think? How do you think he's going to do? I don't, you know, I'm, I'm kind of in wait and see mode to figure out if he has progressed enough within this offense to make those intermediate reads and, and make those intermediate reads correctly. Um, I think what we saw last year was, uh, you know, him trying to bomb it down the field, especially when he got pressured and either couldn't run because he was injured or just, uh, psychologically, uh, didn't want to want to run. So, um, I, I think another year, I think the other thing we'll, again, we'll talk about the number two position. I think with a stronger crop of quarterbacks behind him, um, I think it's probably going to be a good thing in terms of, you know, elevating his maturity a little bit, um, within that quarterback room as well. But, um, I'm really excited to see what he's going to do. I think he's going to have a stellar, I think he's going to have a stellar season. Um, you know, if he can play within himself, um, and not, and not make things too complicated and really try and look for, I think a lot of those playmakers that he's going to have around him. Cause I, I feel like it's a really, really good crop in terms of the running back position and also wide receivers. It's been a while since we've done a Wildcat Radio, Rob, and you are the guru of advanced college football statistics. Your Beta Rank college football model is quite good. And one of the things that you had brought up that I thought was quite interesting, I think you had talked back and forth with Love about this, was there was a story in which uh, I think it was Noel Mazzoni or Kevin Sumlin had talked about wanting to run a more explosive offense at Arizona. And I thought you had a good point that you had brought up. Uh, do you mind kind of talking with our listeners about that and how it, you know, relates specifically to how you think Khalil Tate will be this year? Yeah. So they they talked about wanting to be more explosive, you know, this coming in this season. Um, last season, Arizona's offense was actually by the you know the standards of uh, you know Beta Rank and the rest of the college footballs. It was it was a fairly explosive offense. They only graded out at number fifty seven. Um, but in explosive drives, they graded out at number 35. So the problem is, though, is that they graded out at 101 in drive efficiency. And that like, they needed to focus. I feel like focusing more and more on explosive plays, like they need to focus more and more on getting first downs and keeping drives going. Um, you can see it. Um, and they did talk about a bit, you know, the, the red zone efficiency numbers, Arizona's red zone efficiency isn't really where it needs to be. Um, they were below conference average last season. Arizona needs to focus more on, you know, keeping drives alive, you know, getting the right play calls in. I'm, I'm bullish on Tate this season. Um, I think he's flying under the radar. People forget he is the most explosive runner in college football when he tucks it and runs. Um, and it, it's sort of like with JT Daniels coming in this season with the air raid, which I think, you know, simplifies what they were doing at USC for Khalil Tate. He's, he's not getting a simplified playbook, but the playbook should feel simplified to him. Um, and he should be able to get further in his reads and progressions and hopefully also just not get stuck looking down the field so much. So if he's able to tuck the ball and run and indications early in camp is he's taking off more, when he's not finding what he's looking for and then hit the, you know, hit an intermediate route, hit the check down. 
I, I'm confident in this offense could maybe make some progress. And Noel Mazzoni's offenses traditionally are best with a senior signal caller. Um, going back to his days at UCLA and ASU and even at AM, he does best with someone with experience in the offense. So I I was a I mean the 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 basics of the point is no, no, we need to focus on efficiency and not just explosiveness. But I, I, I like it if, if Tate's able to run and pick up first downs, um, you know, and find the check down. I, I, I like where this offense could be. And if you're just joining us, if you haven't listened to the podcast before, Noel Mazzoni's offenses with a dual threat quarterback, you know, normally that quarterback runs about 10 times average per game. Yep. So it's not we're not asking a ton, but just enough to be able to keep the defenses honest and to showcase Khalil Tate's ability to just explode. Because one of the things that happens is the defense has to start adjusting for that. And that's when you start throwing to the big man, the big man, man, the tight ends. Love it. Very excited about the tight end play <laughs> in Arizona. No, we'll find out. We'll find out. Uh, <laughs> so uh, Rick, there, there's a fight yeah. for number two. We kind of know Khalil Tate's going to be there. We'll continue to uh, keep an eye on that. One of the things that I want to look out for is if anybody can report his completion percentage, even in the areas, uh, even in the, the limited amount of time that the beat writers are able to watch Arizona football play. I'm just curious to see if he's able to get that, um, that completion percentage up. Cause I think he was around 57% last year, which is not good, <laughs> not good in college football. Yeah. Um, but there, the fight for number two is uh, really right yep. now between Rhett Rodriguez and Grant Cannell and obviously Kevin Doyle is injured right now, which has thrown a wrench in that fight. But I'm just curious, what did you think? It looks like uh, there were some pretty rave reviews about uh, Grant in the first, or I guess the last week, really. I haven't really anything, read anything about him before that, yeah. but uh, it sounds like he's starting to make a push. Yeah, I, I think so. And and um, honestly, in reviewing his statistics from Saturday, it looks like he was 14 for 18 um, in terms of his uh, completions. And then on top of that, it sounded a lot like he had um, basically a couple reads that were drop balls and then had one throw away. And then the rest of that scrimmage, I mean, he was pretty much flawless. And um, right now it sounds like they're recording him at uh, over a 70% clip in terms of his completion percentage. Um, so it's, it's really, really high. And for a freshman to come in and make that impact immediately um, is, is really, I think, exciting for a lot of Arizona fans or should be exciting um, who, who, you know, are kind of questioning, you know, what the future looks like after uh, Quill Tate's done this year. So um, I, all indications are that he's had a uh, phenomenal fall camp. Um, I think him coming in early uh, during the summer, um, it looks like helped quite a bit to get him um, integrated with that offense. And, and uh, you know, he's making a lot of the same reads that he did back in high school. So I'm sure that helps quite a bit. You know, Rob, what do you think about the difference between Gannell and Kevin Doyle? It's been maybe a hot year since I've heard any news about uh, Kevin Doyle at the Arizona football program. I was really disappointed that he didn't uh, didn't get any time on the field, particularly with the new NCAA rule that you can basically trot out a player for four games and not burn their red shirt. Uh, Kevin Sumlin ended up going with Jamari Joyner, who clearly wasn't ready to run the offense. Uh, maybe Kevin Doyle wasn't up to speed either, but um, you'd like to at least see a little bit there. But what do you think? Do you think uh, Gannell takes it? And what do you think about Doyle? I mean, it, it is it's it's tough. I mean, I, I don't think I'm ready to write off Doyle yet, but the uh, at this point, in this you know, he's he didn't he didn't manage to get on the field last season at a point where Arizona had a you know, struggling offense with Tate. 
a struggling offense with Rodriguez. You know, they even trotted out Jamari Joyner. He was the one quarterback out of the four that didn't see any time. Um, and then he comes into to fall camp injured. And so he's going to be behind on snaps there too. And Gunnell came in, uh, you know, has been here through the spring. As Rick pointed out, uh, you know, young quarterbacks come in more prepared. Um, and this is something that we've seen that's different than quarterbacks that were traditionally recruited under Rich Rodriguez, who were often athletes and, you know, maybe hadn't spent as much time um, playing in, you know, highly advanced passing spreads the way Gunnell did and then uh, playing a lot of seven on seven. There's, you know, Gunnell has likely, you know, seen variants of this offense that Mazzoni runs uh, before and is used to getting through his reads and progressions. And I, it sounds like, you know, you don't get to the kind of clip that he's getting to on completions, even against Arizona's defense and scrimmage uh, without getting you through your progressions and finding the check down pretty often. So I, it, it sounds good. I mean, I, I think if Gunnell can, you know, you know, grab the reins and keep that clip, like he's, he's going to step ahead of Rodriguez. And I think the coaches will feel confident. I mean, I don't know that you can expect Khalil Tate to stay healthy through an entire football season. Um, they may even be able to keep Gunnell's red shirt um, and have him be the backup. That'd be awesome. I'd be really excited to see him on the field three or four times and just see what he has. I remember when Willie Tuitama finally came in and <laughs> I forget what game it was, but everybody's chatting Tuitama, Tuitama he comes in immediately throws a duck that was picked, uh, but it was like a pass interference or something like that. And then immediately starts rolling the offense. And um, I mean, I don't know where, where Ganell is at this point, but it is really exciting to have um, somebody that has some pretty high pedigree back there um, kind of waiting in the wing. So we'll keep an eye on that and really hope that Doyle, uh, that shoulder gets uh, gets healthy pretty quickly because it'd be really fun to have a really solid quarterback battle uh, brewing back there. But who is he going to throw to, right? Last year we had all of these wide receivers that were, okay, I guess, I don't know. Um, and uh, not not the biggest guys. They've graduated. You have Shun Brown gone. You have Tony Ellison gone. Um, you have a couple departures from the program. But Rick, I, I think one of the things that's really stood out in my mind is the coverage of the wild, uh, the wild of the wide receiving core at Arizona. It just seems like there's a lot of names to cover right now. Yeah, and I and I feel like you know at least from the stuff that I've been reading up on, there's six, seven, eight guys that have um, a legitimate shot at getting you know some some regular snaps and. That's pretty exciting. I mean, I think um, the biggest surprise, obviously, has been uh, Joiner. Um, and I think um, if any of you guys have a chance to go out and, and watch, um, they had him actually releasing off the line against a quarterback, and he basically just left him in the dust. Um, the cool thing that I think that that Arizona is doing, and Arizona State is, has kind of copied this model as well, is going out and finding elite size um, to kind of you know put put in place with athleticism. You know, you had a lot of guys under Rich Rodriguez. Um, that, uh, you know, that, that were smaller, very small backs, very small wide receivers. Um, and they look to try and get those guys in open space. And then you get up against, uh, you know, a cornerback cornerbacks from USC, for example. Um, and they would just end up eating those guys up because they didn't have the size to compete. So now we've got, I think a really, really nice crop of, of good young, 
um, exciting freshmen coming in. We've got um, a couple of the older guys that stayed behind. So like Stanley Berry Hill, I think is going to be a good contributor. Um, and then we've got, I think, some unknowns uh, like Joyner who have kind of moved over in positions and uh, from other positions. And they're going to be plugged in to see see what they can do. And I'm just, you know, again, I'm, I am so beyond excited that, um, you know, we may not have to see matchups where we just get completely dominated off the line of scrimmage because we don't have the wide receivers to go out there and compete. Yeah, Rob, one of the players that was getting a lot of buzz out of camp last year was Brian Castile, and then he ended up getting injured. They had a red shirt him, uh, but it seemed like he was causing some noise when he was kind of coming up. And as a freshman, you have somebody like Drew Dixon, right? One of the highest recruited players out of the Rich Rodriguez era, um, Booby Curry, Trey Adams, Jalen Johnson is a freshman track star that, um, that looks really exciting. There's some good things about him. Clearly not all of these guys are going to be the guy, but you know, of those names yeah. and anybody else, like who, who are you looking out for? Well, so of all the big guys, Trey Adams, you know, the, the, uh, red shirt freshman out of Texas, um, who's six, three, I believe he, he got the, the, the reps with the first team, um, you know, at the X wide receiver spot. So I, I, you know, there's, there's, that's, that's a positive, you know, like we've got somebody out there that's not, um, whose best offer wasn't from Marshall that we, you know, converted over at the last minute with some size out there. So, uh, <laughs> like the vendetta against a, Poindexter continues. Uh, <laughs> I hope he yeah, scores really, 16 touchdowns for the San Francisco 49ers this year. Yes, I would be too. Like I, I wish him the best, but, um, you know, like I, there's, there are a lot of, and there are a lot of guys behind now that suddenly like we have some size there. It's not like, Oh my gosh, at the last minute, like, wait a minute, we don't have any big dudes. What do we do? Um, so I mean, Trey Adams is definitely a name to keep an eye on, you know, mostly everyone else. I think that they've talked about behind, you know, the Cedric Peterson, Stanley Berryhill, Jaden Mitchell's got a lot. I mean, he also got to run, um, with the first team off. What was, you know, sort of the first team offense. Um, he had that injury and gray shirted and came in, you know, so he's a, he's, he comes in this year counting as a true freshman. Um, he really earned, uh, a lot of praise in camp. Um, there's, there's, you know, that's a good solid you know, four, but three of those four are all under six foot, you know, between Barry Hill, Peterson and, and Mitchell. Um, I, I, you know, you need someone to, you know, you need someone to step out, out of step up out of Curry, Joyner, Castile, um, you know, to make an impact there. Uh, and you gotta, you gotta like what they have. I mean, more than anything, if, if you've got, you know, Booby Curry being able to come in, um, or Jamari Joyner, uh, Drew Dixon or Castile, you know, being able to come in and maybe earn some reps. Like you feel, you feel really good with that. And with Arizona's schedule, a lot of these guys can, you know, with all the bye weeks and everything that Arizona has this season, they can really work them in. And, and, and maybe, you know, by the time that they get into conference play, you know, have some guys really set up for, for more playing time than, you know, maybe that uh, you'd expect in our, you know, a regularly scheduled season. Of all the players that have been pursued by Arizona, that committed to Arizona last year, I mean, obviously Grant Gannell, yeah, Bobby Wolf, but Booby Curry is one of the players that uh, just really kind of lit up the message boards in regards to this guy is awesome. But let's let's be honest, guys. Yeah. Kind of an immature name. Kind of an immature name. I propose. <laughs> Get out of here. I propose. Get out of here. That is, a, that is an A plus. That is an A plus football name. Hear me out. Hear me out. If Booby Curry plays like an immature freshman, like, you know, if he doesn't have a great game, 
we should still call him Booby Curry. But if he if he uh, plays far beyond his years, if he's a mature freshman, I feel like every time he plays that in a game, we should call him by his real Christian name, Bress Von Curry. What do you guys think? Like a good game? It's no, Bress Von Curry. No. <laughs> Bad game. Just, he's Booby Curry. Deep bomb in 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 Honolulu. Like I am just tweeting out Booby. Yeah, all ex- all caps, all exclamation points for like for ten minutes straight. Like that's all that's happening. <laughs> also, you know how did we end up? We're in week zero. There's like one other game on, and Arizona still managed to get scheduled at ten thirty p.m. Eastern time. <laughs> that's really good. <laughs> <up. laughs> oh, uh, what were we gonna say, Rick? No, I, I, one other thing I was going to mention, um, just with our wide receiver core is the fact that I think us having such a great crop of running backs, um, with Gary Brightwell and JJ Taylor, obviously starting, I think it's really going to help them, uh, get, obviously have a balanced offense, but I think get those guys some reps and kind of take the pressure off of that passing game um, early on as they're trying to figure a lot of things out. Because as, as we've all seen, you know, if JJ Taylor is healthy, he's an absolute workhorse. And I think those two backs for us are going to be um, really, really significant pieces. And, and I mean, you're looking at, you know, potentially if you, if you can get good solid quarterback play out of Khalil um, mixed in with um, a, you know, really strong up and coming wide receiver core and that running back core, I mean, it could be a really, really nice offense at the end of the year um, that 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 we, you know, that we're watching. So um, I think it's something to kind of keep an eye on and and figure and and see how they get those guys integrated into game action, um, especially early on in the season uh, when you've got such a strong, capable group of running backs uh, right behind Khalil. You know, Rick, this I is- thought you were going to jump in and and highlight my breast von curry comment and just say how how brilliant it was and then now you're giving like real analysis about integrating our running backs into our <laughs> offense so shouts to you no, no, no. this is gonna break brian's heart but i'm with you Rick. like the uh the I, I think arizona should run out a lot of 20 personnel this season like i i think they should run out two yeah. backs no tight ends and uh three wide receivers and get both quite well and JJ Taylor on the field at the same time. Um, Cause I think both like if, if like, if you aren't looking at this offense and if Khalil Tate isn't like, if he has le- indeed learned the offense, cause in Mazzoni's offense, the backs don't just block, they run pass routes and man, get like treat, treat Gary Brightwell the way Max Borgie is going to get treated at Washington state this season. Like get him as many catches as you can. Whatever, man. And we just got this tight end too. Another tight end committed to Arizona was like a top thirty guy. I'm like, why? Why would you do that? Why did you commit to this program that doesn't throw to you? Uh, I hope we really do. I want. I want them to be integrated into the offense. That's like the. That's the key, you know. Um, all right, let's talk more Arizona fall camp stuff right after this. And we're back. And Rick, I was so focused on our beautiful sponsors. Hopefully, <laughs> hopefully this last one isn't the manscaped commercial. I really hope yeah. Buy their products, buy, you know, buy all our play sets and toys, but still, 
<laughs> what you, were you, you ruined my beautiful point with our with our sponsorships. Um, <laughs> no, what I the other thing I was going to mention too is um, I think now that we're moving to the second um, the, the second season underneath uh, Mazzoni is what is Bryce Wilma going to be um, bringing to the table and are they going to try and utilize him um, as kind of that third leg? Um, you know, seeing at how explosive this offense can be, um, you'd like to see a little bit. Um, you know, I guess five to 10, 15 yard routes that you'd have, have him in there uh, to try and give us a, a good shot at having that third, fourth option to check down to if you need it. And I'm interested to see if they uh, have any more integration with him and kind of get him uh, more in the mix this year. Cause as you complain about all the time, our tight ends are pretty much irrelevant unless they're pass blocking um, or run blocking. And, um, and it'd be nice to see them use that. Cause I think he's a, he's a pretty solid tight end that just is really underutilized so far in his career. I think we're going to see that Rob. Uh, yeah, I mean, I don't know. <laughs> this, this, Arizona's tight ends, like, I, I thought things might change a little bit with the, the new offense and Mazzoni coming on, but uh, it really didn't. You know, like, the, the tight ends, I mean, they, they, they got some catches with, I mean, Khalil Tate had the had the defense so scared of his legs in 2017 that the tight ends had a decent year because basically everyone had a decent year because they were all facing zone coverage and could just sit in a soft spot. But um, I don't know. I, I, I make no predictions about Arizona's tight ends doing anything because <laughs> <laughs> the, la- the last six years have been pretty much proven out that they have not done much in a while. I mean, not since really Mike Stoops. It was running the air right here. Uh, Gron- I, I was at the Gronkowski back for mono and scoring three touchdowns game. And I just, uh, you know, it's all downhill hill from there. <laughs> really, it was just such a monster game. Um, the only other thing I can think of on the offensive side is some news that Zach Lord, speaking of tight ends, uh, is being shifted from tight end to offensive tackle. He's 275 right now. Yeah, you did. That's that's true. He's like seven two. 275 he's like a very very tall man um so that's good i mean like the more beef we can have on the on the offensive line the better did you guys though did you guys see the uh video of them working on his base Uh i mean it's like watching a toddler try and walk it was uh (laughs) and i'm sure i'm sure he's i'm sure he's gonna be i mean his frame is is excellent um, you know, for, you know, probably being a tackle and, and you can really see his athleticism come out. But, um, I think from a footwork standpoint, I mean, when you've played basketball your entire life, basically, and now you're coming over and trying to learn a brand new sport, uh, obviously there's going to be some growing pains. I think that, um, from an offensive line coaching standpoint, I think we've got a really, really good one that'll work with him quite a bit. But, um, when you just watch kind of that base technique, when, when they're working on that, and I think it was Michael Love that actually posted that video. Um, it was pretty, um, I don't know. It, it was an eye opener for me because a lot of that stuff, I mean, they're really going back to, you know, what you kind of learn in middle school and high school in terms of, uh, you know, correct stance and how to fire out appropriately and building that base. So. Oh, he already comes in as a junior. So good times. <laughs> like, let's bring in a guy that doesn't know oh, how to block right. at all. <laughs> that's right. I was, that's right. I was thinking he was a, yeah. Yeah. So it, I don't know. I you got to take some moonshots. Maybe we can redshirt him. Yeah. I, do, yeah. I mean, if, if he, if he plays this year, um, we are going to have serious problems and it probably means our offensive line is in shambles. So <laughs> let's just hope that doesn't happen. Uh, um, anything else on offense before we shift over to defense? Hearing none. Um, Rob, let's, let's 
can you run through just some basic beta rank numbers on how Arizona's defense graded out last year and uh, maybe some areas where we project to do better as we move into 2019? So last year, Arizona's defense graded out at number 86, which is not good. Um, I tend to think of, and you, if you listen to the podcast, you often hear me talk about uh, power five teams should be graded on a one to 65 scale. So Arizona's defense was a very, very bad power five defense last season. They graded out at 76 on containing explosive uh, drives. So not too bad there. Uh, 70th on play efficiency. So this is more of they they did fairly well uh, in keeping yards per play down. Um, they were pretty good on negative drives. Uh, I mean, comparatively grading out at 66, um, and that is a that is a measure of turnovers, creating three and outs. But where they were really bad was was drive efficiency. Arizona's defense uh, just struggled to get off the field. Gave up lots of long drives. They gave up points. They graded out at 107 on that. So. Um, they need to find a way to consistently get off the field. Some of this is play calling and that's all on Marcel Yates. Some of this is personnel. Um, but there are things that, I mean, Arizona's defense was really, really bad against the past last season, grading out at 92. Um, some of this is good. They get Jace Whitaker back. So, uh, that's a positive, you know, they have, uh, Bobby Wolf coming in. Um, they have Christian Roland Wallace. They have some competitive depth at corner that they, definitely didn't have last season uh and it, and we'll talk about we're definitely going to talk about the defensive line so um there's there's some hope that arizona could maybe have a pass rush really for the first time since uh, scooby Wright left rick outside of the wide receivers it seems like the second biggest piece of news coming out of camp so far has been the depth of the cornerback position now is it going to be depth, you know, that is top 25? Likely not. Um, is it going to be depth that's top 40? Probably not. But the fact that we're, we have no excuse to say, all right, we're, you know, a bottom 75 secondary this year is pretty exciting. The fact that, again, like you mentioned, uh, we have players back from injury. We have people stepping up. I know that Chris Roland Wallace is somebody that has been making a lot of noise out of camp. What do you think about this cornerback position? Yeah, and and when we were doing our reviews on the cornerback position to kind of wrap up um, the spring, you know, I, I felt like while there was some ambiguity in terms of who might be you know starting or who might have have an increased role, I think what we've kind of figured out is that you know you're going to have lots of competition. I think a lot of steady competition, um, you know, across the board, um, and not only that, but the safety I think position is uh, the, the safety positions are going to be a really big strength for this this team as well. I think where you know where we've seen, um, and here is my hope. For this year, I think where we've seen major, major struggles is in, um, you know, our zone schemes and having our cornerbacks kind of lost out in space and not being able to read and react um, when they're not playing man, I think kills us. And then when they are playing man, um, you know, over and over again, you know, getting their hands up on the receivers and, and keeping them locked up and staying tight on that positioning, I think is going to be um, you know, a really critical thing for a lot of Arizona fans to watch and see if we've gotten better 
um, you know, in terms of not allowing those guys to release off the line nearly as easily as they they have over the last three years. So I think for for Arizona fans that that are interested in in that position, I think this is one of the strongest groups that we've had that we have, um, you know, on, on the team, uh, especially over the last few years. I think it's it's something that you know if we can figure out um, you know ways to improve that third down efficiency, um, maybe fi- figure out a few more ways to um, you know grab some interceptions to, to get a few more PBUs, um, pass breakups. I think that, you know, there's a, a very, very strong chance that, you know, we could dramatically increase, um, you know, our, our, uh, defensive, uh, beta rank for, uh, 2019. Yeah. And like, obviously you have somebody like Jace Whitaker and Lorenzo Bar- like Burns, they're going to be the starters, but the fact that you have somebody like Mackenzie Barnes and Chris Roland Wallace and, um, Troy Young and Azizi Hearn, there's just a decent, there's a decent second there, right? Like a decent base of talent, hopefully, um, that will be able to really elevate the secondary. I'm curious though, right? We talk about the, the, the safety position and for three years running, Rob, it has been big hat, no cattle with this. But I did hear that Scotty Young has had a really solid camp uh, coming out of fall so far, which is great. That's really good news because we've had the names there and we've had the pedigree there. I mean, for, for an Arizona team, and it just seems like they haven't put it together. I want them to put it together and put it together. It's been one of the more frustrating portions of watching Arizona defense is that like, uh, just, oh, we're so like, why, why isn't this unit better than, than it is right now? Because it should be. So what do you think about the safety group? I mean, the safety group, you, you feel good about it. You felt reasonably good about them last year too. I mean, the, the sort of the middle of the defense anyway, behind the line has been pretty good with the linebackers and the safeties. But, uh, this season you feel like you have really enough guys to get out there that you can really cover out. And that four, three, five, uh, having the three safeties on the field with, um, young and Tristan Cooper and, uh, the other young, I believe. <laughs> the Christian, yeah, well. Christian Young. No, I got you. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I, I really like this. And, and Scotty Young, I mean, more power to him. I mean, he, he, he fully deserved a lot of the, the criticism for his off-field behavior before. But if he's put it together and, and learned from his mistakes, then kudos to him. And, um, you know, he should, uh, you know, Arizona fans have been really waiting for him to, to come in and, and shine and, and, and live up to the promise that he had as a freshman. What do you think, Rick? What are you, what are you hearing? What are you hearing? The one thing I heard was like Jackson Turner, who was, I was pretty excited about, uh, definitely not, doesn't have the body right now. He was a big, uh, commit to Arizona and, uh, and kind of in that safety position, but 175, like that's not going to cut it right now. Oh, I know not the biggest uh, guy, but I mean, you know, clearly the future I think is going to be bright for him because he was somebody that people were really stoked about. Well, you know, it's. I think what's been fascinating for me to see is, is we talked about this recruiting class. I remember wrapping it up, I think, with you, Brian. And we were talking about the recruiting class and going, you know, there's some stars there. You know, you talk about Bobby Wolf um, and, you know, Booby Curry. And, you know, there's some stars there that are coming in. But then the rest of the class is kind of like, you know, you don't know what you're going to get. Um, but from the looks of it, it, it looks like a lot of these young guys um, – that are that are making an impact are going to get uh, some playing time either on special teams or be contributors right away. Um, you know, in, in you know three down setup, especially on the defensive side of the ball. So I'm I'm really interested to see um, you know if from a recruiting standpoint, you know how this class kind of progresses over the next year or two, um, especially with guys like you know we we had, it's interesting because Bobby Wolf coming in. 
Um, everybody was already talking like, you know, he's going to be immediately in the rotation. We really haven't heard a lot about him, and he's really been um, outshined by, you know, some of the other guys that we have back there. Which so, is good news, um, I right? Think it's like, be, I mean, yeah. The oh, fact yeah. that there's there's yeah. players that have been here in the system that are developing, like that's that's I actually would prefer Good. that. <laughs> well, in, in fairness, Thank Wolf was. God. I mean, well, 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 Curry and Gunnell made it through the spring. Wolf Wolf wasn't here, um, but Christian Roland Wallace, who's a, na- a, a, a name that we heard a lot in the spring, and who USC tried to snag late and stayed with Arizona, um, I, I think really is a, is a guy to keep an eye on in, in, in the rotation. And, and Wolf, you know, like you, you don't make it to the spring. It's going to be tough to make it in as a true freshman. Yeah. Well, and you know, another name that's popped up too, um, is our, our, the big Polynesian prospect that we were in on early. Um, and I'm, I always butcher names as you guys know. So correct me on this. Uh, Eddie, uh, uh, Siamu. how do you pronounce it? Siamu. There we go. Perfect. Thanks for saving me, Brian. Um, I probably got it wrong, but but it's the confidence is, that matters, right? <laughs> I am a jelly donut. Go, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it was it's it's been fascinating to hear um, from you know the linebacking core for specifically to hear how big he is. I mean, there you know he's six three and basically a solid two ten or two twenty five, um, and they're saying. Uh, you know, all indications are that, you know, he's trying to pick up the defense, but I mean, his, his body is basically ready to go and, and for him to be a contributor right away. And that's some really exciting stuff because man, I, I don't know how many times, you know, when we were talking about recruits underneath the rich rod system, you know, that they'd be highly touted or we thought we might get something out of them and then they just disappear. Um, it just feels like a lot of these guys are making a really big impact early. Um, and that I think that'll pay dividends for us down the road and just based on the fact that hey you know what we're we're gonna have a ton of injuries because we always do um and having a solid two deep um and even three deep in some cases is, is a is a good thing so what do you think Ron? well and one of the major differences between the old rich rod recruiting classes was like guys would come in and they'd be they wouldn't they wouldn't really be the right size right <laughs> and yeah. so if they didn't quite work out what do you do with somebody that's not even i mean like these guys would just end up on the bench um, and then we would still have guys that weren't quite the right size. You know, I don't know how many times Rich Rod systems we moved to safety down to linebacker, even though we really only had, you know, so we'd only have like two real linebackers on the field and then, you know, you know, maybe two real defensive linemen. Um, you know, like these recruiting classes of late, I mean, even really Rich Rod's last recruiting class have been a little bit more evenly sized for what you need in college football. And, like the, you, like you said, Rick. Like these guys are coming in, and for the most part, they've got the right size, or if not, they've at least got the height to add weight to a frame um, that you can see them building to down the road with some development. So, like all of this, all of this is fine. Like I don't, I don't sweat if guys don't come in and look like they're going to play as true freshmen. You know, with a lot of these guys, um, because we may see them develop down the road. Because as we used to see under you know Mike Stoops, who was a pretty decent developer of talent for the most part of, of three-star guys that had big frames like Austin Hill that would come in, you know, that would come in with three stars, you know, big guy, sit on the bench, add some weight, learn the playbook, come in and, you know, have a pretty good career. Surprise. I feel like some of these, like, I feel like some of these guys, even if they end up sort of, 
you know, playing on maybe some special teams, you know, maybe, you know, playing in four games, you know, keeping the red shirt. Like th- these are names we're going to see, you know, see and hear from again as, as they develop and, and, and learn the playbook and maybe put on some weight. So, yeah, I, I, I feel pretty good about most of these guys right now. Let's talk about the elephant in the room here, the defensive line. But let's do it right <laughs> after this. We left you hanging. We left you hanging. I'm pretty excited about that. Uh, holy Moses. So um, Derek Bowles and PJ Washington last year were real fun to watch because for the first time in a number of years, particularly under the Rich Rodriguez system, we had two tackles that could get a little push in the center of the line and they have departed. And I think our edge rushers are going to be awesome. But the inside is real, really worrisome, at least for right now. It could turn around. I really liked how our defensive line coach um, put together this unit last year. So um, I thought I think his and his salary was like two hundred seventy thousand dollars. I'm like, pay that man. That was he had he did an excellent job this year as the Mount Sack coach that came over. Um, him and Joe Gilbert had just I thought the were the most deserving of our coaches this past year. But Rick, t- talk to us about this defensive line because the edge rushers I think are going to be awesome. And we had talked a little bit before we started recording about just how many people there were that really could could make a leap. And then somebody like Kylan Wilborn, who was awesome as a freshman and then just kind of fell off the face of the map. It seems like he's getting a little bit more buzz. And uh, what do you think about the edge rushers? Yeah, and and I think you know. So to start out with Kylan Wilborn. It sounds like he was hurt um, a majority of last year, and they they haven't specified exactly what his injury was, but that could have been the, a big reason for that lack of production. Um, you know, we when we saw him as a freshman, I mean, I remember sitting there and going, you know, thank God we finally got a solid edge rusher that has the frame that potentially could play at the next level. Um, and then when he fell off last year. Um, you know, obviously it, it helped to support what those guys were doing, having um, a, a pair of defensive tackles that could move some bodies, but um, we still weren't getting enough pressure on the quarterback this year. I think that changes. And the reason being is we've got, um, you're looking at basically somebody like JB Brown, who they've talked about moving to a three technique, but he could definitely be a solid edge rusher. But if you put together Jalen Harris, which they think, um, you know, he, he is going to be a really, really good, good one. Um, awesome frame, awesome, um, length, um, and really a, a super athletic guy that will probably end up playing on Sundays. And you put him back with Kylan Wilborn, um, at who, you know, if, if he can get anywhere near where he was as a freshman, you're going to have a really solid one, two punch there, um, that teams are actually going to have to account for finally. Um, and, and that obviously helps make the secondary's job a heck of a lot easier. Um, when, you know, you, you have quarterbacks that can't just sit there and, and, you know, uncork the ball because they have 15 seconds to throw. Um, so I think that's something for Arizona fans to really keep a big eye on it. And you get both of those guys back healthy. Um, I think that there's a lot of flexibility um, within these personnel groupings and something that, that you know, could, could really be an exciting piece for uh, the defense this year. Yeah, you have Justin Belknap. He's, he's a redshirt senior. He's been here for a while. Got injured uh, in 2018. He's fine, but I really do want to see him as like this, that second tier, you know, in the two deep and being able to bring some experience and some leadership. But, you know, if you have a, a scenario where you have Jalen Harris, J.B. Brown and Wilborn really stepping it up, then I think that's where you want that defensive line on the edges to be. I had a question about Quabena Watson. So he was one of the better 
the higher pedigree commits that we had. He was a 6'2", 215 freshman that I thought was going to be a linebacker. And Levitt said, no, 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 he's going to play as an edge rusher. He had offers from LSU, Oregon, Ole Miss. Have you guys um, heard anything from him? I mean, 215 is, is pretty small <laughs> to be an edge rusher. Uh, but I just have you guys heard anything about him in camp? Not yet. Um, and he's, I, I think if you're going to move him to edge, he's going to have to at least get up into the two forty. That's a little small for a stormtrooper. Yeah. <laughs> right? I mean, that's like safety size. Um, yeah. I mean, it, he was, he's another guy that wasn't there through the spring. So, I mean, he's, he's, he's probably been, you know, going to, to his summer school, figuring out where the cafeteria is and, you know, doing the, you know, uh, the weight room and the, the non, you know, the, the non-required team workouts. But I, I, my, my guess is, is we, he, he might play in four games on special teams this year. And then we sort of see him down the road. He's one of those players where, I mean, that, and again, that's not bad. That's not a disparaging comment. Like I want players yeah. that have high pedigree coming in, learn the system, get bigger, get faster. And like, once they are playing, it's like, oh yeah, I see why he's on the field right, right now playing. Like that guy's body looks big. He's not going to get hurt. I mean, like we can avoid injury as much as possible. We're not throwing out like the smallest, like we're not throwing out these small freshmen uh, just because we don't have anybody that's better. So, uh, you know, that's, it's, it's all, I mean, it's all the steps forward. I mean, right? that's absolutely well, and, and that's, I mean, it's just, it's, it's a luxury that Arizona football hasn't been afforded yeah. for quite a while because we just wasted so many scholarships, um, on, on kids that, you know, didn't pan out. And then, you know, we had to go and take those freshmen and sophomores like Colin Wilborn when he was a freshman and insert them immediately and hope that they would produce. So, um, it'd be nice to get that backlog. One thing I will say about Kubina um, was when you watch his film from high school, I mean, he moves all over the field and he can run sideline to sideline better than um, a lot of linebackers I've scouted over the last few years. And so I, I think he's going to be a really, um, a really, really awesome piece in this defense in another year. I think once you kind of get more weight on that frame, as you guys were alluding to, um, he's going to be a guy you can plug in and really see him have some playmaking impacts for us. Yeah. And Colin Schooler, we didn't forget about you. Like, we're, we're just not worried, right? Drop 10 pounds right on, get that body into shape. He's going to be awesome. Like, very excited to see him play. Yeah. I just... We didn't even write in the linebackers here because this isn't our preview, but just know, like, you know, like we, we got your back. We got your back. You keep tearing it up. Um, let's talk about JB Brown moving to three technique, though, because I, I saw that news and I went, oh, no. <laughs> JB Brown is a good player. He's about 265 pounds, like, clearly is, is a strong, like, was an asset and really showed himself to be one at the, at the particularly at the end of the year uh, for Arizona last year. But it's all this, you know, it's the coach speak and all that stuff. And I get it, right? You want to make, you want to put the, the nicest face on everything. But when we're talking about like J, moving JB Brown to defensive tackle and being like, he'll just be like Hercules Mataafa or like Aaron Donald. Like, no, that's not the way the world works. Like, you can't just wish it into being. Like, I just kind of rolled my eyes at this. I don't know. What do you think, Rob? I mean, he's got, he, if you're going to be those guys, you got to have a nonstop motor. And I'm, that's not a knock against JB Brown, but I mean, you got to have like the Ed Oliver type motor that just never, ever, ever stops if you're a little undersized. And he's 6'3, 265. I mean, for what Arizona's defense has required of defensive linemen, and it worked a little bit last season. Um, 
you know, like their, their defensive tackles were playing a little bit of two technique and were just there to eat yeah. up blocks. And you got Fenton Conley in there, likely, you know, he's six, five, 300. You have some confidence. He's a red shirt senior. You know, he's, he's not going to be lost out there. He'll, you know, he may not always win the battle, but he know, he'll know where he's supposed to be. JB Brown. I mean, he played end. He's, he's got a little more speed. Uh, I mean, you you kind of feel like he's getting run out there out of necessity, because they don't have another body to plug in. You know, Nate Salunga is just not there yet. Um, I guess you hope with the bye week that JB, by the time that, you know, the bye, the way the bye week set up, by the time we roll into conference play, JB Brown is, you know, more of a pass rusher and is not an every down defensive tackle. Yeah, to be fair, this yeah. it sounds like it's in certain, you know, packages. I just... Just yeah. because you play center field, it doesn't mean that you're Willie Mays. <laughs> that says again. I don't know. What do you but, think, Rick? Well, and and so here I, I do agree with you guys. I think it's something to definitely keep an eye on. But I, I also think this is going to be very situational. Um, I could see them using a, a sprint package of defensive linemen where, um, you know, you throw out him and Colin Wilborn. Um, and you know, even, even, um, uh, uh, Finn Connolly, he's, he's not, I mean, he's not a massive guy. I mean, as a defensive tackle, you would like more of, you know, PJ or, or, you know, so the, the two guys that we had there last year as your three down, um, defensive tackles to be in there. But what I think this is kind of doing is I think it sets it up where, you know, last year, as Rob alluded to, you saw those guys eat up blocks at a two technique. I think what this sets up to be is, um, it allows us to maybe stunt a little bit more and maybe move those guys in and out a little bit more and, and, you know, create more havoc and confusion with what we're trying to do defensively and schematically on the line. So again, it's something I think Arizona fans should take a look at is not necessarily are we screwed because uh, JB Brown is in there? It's more about what we're trying to do um, in terms of um, you know maneuvering within that defense, and does it provide us more flexibility, um, you know, in certain passing situations um, to really get after the quarterback and, and um, you know confuse the offensive line? After, I mean, oh yeah, go ahead, Ref. I mean, I think it's a plus. I mean, if you look at it like just a, you can look at it and say yes, in like passing situations. I mean, I, I think just being the ability to get Harrison Wilborn on the field at the same time as edge rushers gives you the ability to disguise to disguise where pressure may be coming from in ways that Arizona has not been able to do in the past. And if you throw in J.B. Brown there, too, I mean, there's another guy that could, you know, that you could have a zone blitz. He could drop into coverage and you could send, you know, either of your linebackers in on a, on a rush. But can it can't you know can these guys stop the run do they have the weight to line up against you know boss tagaloa and you know you know, like take down joshua kelly like i'm not sure um that they do it that's that's my concern is you know arizona's defense was a little better against the run last season part of that was the defensive tackles were actually pretty decent I'm a little wor- I'm a little worried about the this defensive line against the run as it's currently constructed. Like Nate Salunga really needs to work out, and the staff really kind of needs him to work out to to kind of offset that. When you have like Trevin Mason with somebody that appears bigger yeah. than as he was listed, right? So he's listed at six five two eighty, and it just from all I've heard out of camp is that he looks bigger than that, which is good, right? And he's a JUCO guy, so his frame yeah. is at least, you know, at least halfway there. <laughs> uh, like you mentioned, you know, Nahe Salunga is somebody, but he came in at, at 62270. I'd like to see what the actual uh, measurements were there. One of the things I was interested in Rick and Rob was that 
after spring, Jalen Cochran had been, who's a 6'3", 265 junior, um, was somebody that had been mentioned in the scout team and like, you know, in fall camps and past. And it seemed like they were moving him over to defensive tackle again when I went, oh, no. <laughs> but um, have you heard any news about where he's been playing? Because I haven't really heard his name anywhere in the last couple of reports. Yeah, I, I haven't heard anything, Rob, of you. No, I'm actually like looking up the roster now that you mentioned it to see what he's even listed at right now. Yeah, because he was somebody that like there was definitely some buzz about in the last couple of years. So, um, well, I hope he, he I hope he pans out. And um, you know, Kane Bradford not being on campus was a blow, but he was a freshman. So, I mean, we're really like this is still a position of like Finn Connolly is is like you mentioned, Rob. He's somebody that has the size. And he's been here for a while, but he's not going to light the world on fire. So you really need that second position, hopefully, to open up by somebody that can really step in, uh, whether it's Miles Tapasoa or um, Trevin Mason, like uh, Nahi Salunga. There are some names, but they just, they're, you know, like they haven't been proven yet. Um, anything, yep. else we, anything else we should cover, Rick, here? I mean, like I want to talk about some of the new commits and stuff, but what are we missing? So. So I'm going to throw this out there. Um, and I know how much you guys love talking about special teams. Um, <laughs> so I'll make it quick. I do. I do like special teams. I, mean, I don't like Arizona's special teams. You just teams scratch Rob behind the ears, man. He, he's in good shape. I, I know. I know. Well, well, some good news potentially, um, or some positive news potentially. It, it looks like, um, and again, you know, you kind of got to wait to, and to, uh, believe it when you see it, but, um, it seems like our, both our kicking game, um, and, uh, our punt game might be a little bit better this year. Um, and I know even though we got, I forget the gentleman's name or the, the kid's name that transferred from Cal and punted for us last year, but, um, at times he was really, really inconsistent. And, um, it looks like, um, the punt job right now is between Matt Aragon and then, uh, truth freshman Cameron Weinberg. Um, and it sounds like Matt has almost solidified that punting job and, and he's got regular consistency, um, and he's got quite a leg. So I'm interested to see how that plays out, but, you know, from a kicking standpoint, um, you know, we've, it's always been an adventure. Um, you know, when you, you talk about your freshman, sophomore, junior kickers, and, um, I, it seems like we're going to have a little bit more, um, continuity and consistency there, um, this year with the book kickoffs and the field goal. Uh, team as well so just something to keep an eye on obviously it's something that you know we don't talk about a whole lot and and i think it kind of falls under the radar but um you know you're going to need that kicking game eventually especially if you're going to try and win you know seven eight nine games um and and if we can get anything out of that unit that is um you know near automatic it would be really really nice but did they did did austin dorp is he out in the punter? The punter. I mean, they gave a scholarship, which I am in favor of giving yeah, to a punter the way things yeah. have gone. Um, and yeah, yeah, we did see last season with uh, that Cal transfer. I mean, there was there was a reason he grad transferred out. I don't think he would have kept his starting job. Um, yeah, he was and, he was better than maybe it had been, but. Well, and, and Kyle's still in there. It, it seems like they are maybe going to try and redshirt him, um, okay. apparently, or redshirt at least one of the true freshmen, um, just so that, you know, you, you hold on to him for maybe another year. I, you know, if you're going to give him a scholarship, I guess you, you try and take a look at that. But that's kind of the, the uh, only news we got. But it seems like Matt Aragon's still going to hold on to that spot. So I just wonder with Haversick, like uh, on the kicking, because I, I would love to see some improved 
accurate. I mean, college kickers, right? But, but I mean, yeah. it almost feels like with with kickers that it's uh, it's like Mike Leach's quip about quarterbacks. Like you just really can't teach accuracy. Like you kind of like they either come in with it or they don't. So like make sure and recruit it. Um, and Haversick's got such a huge leg. I I would love it if he like I said like I would love it if he nailed down some accuracy. But um, if not, you know, college kickers smoke if you got them. I'm like <laughs> let's let's keep the adventure going. <laughs> It, I mean, it seems like from everything I've read, it seems like he's gotten he's gotten bigger, he's gotten stronger, and I think going through the trials and tribulations that he had last year, um, where I, I forget which game it was, but he had an absolutely horrible game, and then we didn't see him on the field outside of kickoffs after that. I think that um, what they've talked about is is it was all mental, um, and that they're working through that, and and they think that you know he's in a place now where he can take that starting role and and do a lot of good things with it because. I mean, it, let's face it, guys. Like, I mean, he's he's definitely got the uh, leg to kick a 50-plus, even maybe a 60-plus yard field goal. And if you can get any sort of accuracy, even between 20 and 40 yards, and you know that that's consistent time after time, especially if it's still uncertain whether or not we can actually score in the red zone, um, you know, you need all the points you can get. So I just, just something to keep an eye on. Well, everybody points to Luke Folk, Luke Folk, Nick Folk. Um, (laughs) and I mean, people forget his first couple of years, he cost Arizona multiple games. He just had the leg and hadn't put it together. And then by his junior and senior year, he was awesome. Like I, I, that year. And then the, the prior year, I forget who replaced him once he graduated and went to the NFL. Um, but like, it was, it was a breath of fresh air to be like, Oh man, our our kicker got, you know, he has this, like, I have no doubt in my mind he's going to make this. So hopefully over the course of a couple of years, he, uh, you know, he progresses and his accuracy gets better. But I just remember that, like everybody goes, Oh, Nick Folk was awesome. Like, yeah, whatever, man. Like you weren't paying attention when we went, Oh, and 10 and like, you know, in college football or whatever. Uh, cause he was, he was pretty rough, but then really turned it on. And it was a really good story to follow because, uh, made a lot of money in the NFL. Um, do yep. we want, do you want to get to commits here? All right, let's go through a bunch of names. Uh, Woody Jean, great name. 6'4", 280, offensive tackle from Pompano Beach, Florida. We got a guy from Florida, three-star uh, offensive lineman, uh, offers from Indiana, Syracuse, Rutgers, and we out-recruited Lane Kiffin, gentlemen. We out-recruited the <laughs> FAU. Florida. Hell yeah. I might add. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, and and feel, feel I love, free. love the lineman. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Feel free to stop me in any of these. I just figured I'd like, I throw them out there. And if you guys have anything to say, let's say, um, like I had mentioned, the aforementioned Drake Drabney, the six, six, two thirty tight end from Houston, Texas shouts to, you know, continuing to get into Texas. That's awesome. Number 21 tight end in the country, three-star player, 27 offers, including TCU, Utah, South Carolina, Oklahoma state, and ASU. And guys like what, what am I, what am I missing here? Like, is, is he just a really good blocker? What, what's, Connect no, the dots you for don't, here. No, no, you do not have an offer from Oklahoma State to play tight end if you're a good blocker. <laughs> like, <laughs> Fact. like my Mike Gundy does not re- recruit tight ends who can block. Like you got to catch the ball that offense. So this is this is a huge get. Like um, for Arizona, uh, you know the the three. You know there aren't that many four and five star tight ends out there. Arizona is always going to be recruiting like a, unless you get Gronkowski. Um, a, you know the three star tight ends of the world. This this offer list is fantastic. This is a big get to go into Houston and get this kid for Arizona. And there aren't people like Gronkowski who could see the University of Arizona go like, 
I know exactly what's going on there. <laughs> like that's where I want to be. <laughs> Whether it's winter, summer, like I I have been down Sorority Row, and it, it, that that is where I want to go. So um, I will I will never forget that, Mister Gronkowski. Um, Dylan Miller, six three, hundred eighty five pound wide receiver out of Peoria, Arizona. Peoria, yeah. Uh, offers from Wisconsin, Iowa State, ASU, and Oregon State. Right on. Like we continue to recruit size, and not only is he tall, he's got a bit of a frame on him, Rick. Yeah, absolutely. And um, you know, honestly, it's one of those things that's going to be a position of need for us. So I'm all about it. Right on, uh, Jalen John. The 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 rare two first names being the first name of like John Kyle, right? <laughs> Jalen John <laughs> can never trust those people. I don't know. I don't know. They always, they always freak me out a little bit. Um, five eleven, two ten, running back from uh, Lake Oswego, Oregon. This was a big one. Um, offers from USC, Oregon, yeah. Utah, Nebraska. And he was a highly rated player coming out. So like one of the better running backs on the West coast, Rick. Yeah. I was, I was just going to say, we, uh, we should get out and uh, maybe watch this kid. Um, he is, his film is awesome. I mean, honestly, um, I think he reminds me a little bit of, um, you know, one of, you know, like a Kadeem Carey type. Um, I mean, he's a little bit bigger than, you know, I think where JJ Taylor was when he came out, um, as a freshman. Um, but I think this kid's going to be really solid if we can go ahead and land him. And obviously his offer sheet reflects, um, you know, quite well on him. So, um, definitely exciting to see what he's going to do. And in the state of Oregon, you know, his Lake Ridge high school is playing against, um, all the toughest teams in the state of Oregon. So um, he's going against really good competition. Um, and for us to pull him out of Oregon's backyard, um, I was really happy about, cause I'm tired of seeing Oregon get everybody they want. <laughs> we actually, Oh, go ahead. Go ahead, Ralph. No, I mean, and I think people even underestimate, I mean, like DeMarco Murray was a great, great add to the staff, but Clarence McKinney, the previous running back coach, you know, Kevin, someone specifically brought in, um, he, he got a head coaching job, you know, after, uh, the, you know, it caused him to leave the program, but like Arizona's got some guys that uh, are really intriguing that, you know, the, the recruiting services had, you know, the Michael Wiley's, the Bam Smith's that had around in the three-star range that um, I think you look at and, you know, look at their development trajectory and think, Hey, you know, with, with some good coaching and Arizona's had that, like these guys could be really good. So this is a good, good pickup. Absolutely. And we have three, we have four players with two first names, Woody Jean, Dylan Miller, Jalen John, and Dion Wilson, who is a two 250-pound athlete from uh, Paris, California. Three stars, offers from ASU, Hawaii, New Mexico, Sacramento State, 6'5", 250. What is that? Is that like a defensive end? Uh, yeah. Yeah. You're pro- yeah. Or drops yeah, you're projecting him. He's a tweener. Yeah. Great. He'll be on one of the lines with that kind of size, you know, in an athlete. And also, his... I mean, it depends on what the staff, you know, when someone's an athlete, the staff still generally, you know, pitches that person on like, I mean, it's like, if you join IBM, you can do this. Like, so you're pitching them on like, if you join Arizona, like we project, you could do this, you know, um, they're probably pitching him on a specific position, but my guess is it's on one of the lines. Okay. And our last commit Alphonse, uh, Oywick. A 6'3", 182-pound defensive tackle out of Seattle. Three stars, offers from Oregon State, Utah State, Nevada, and Air Force. Rob, six He's a defensive three. back. Yeah. What did I say? <laughs> defensive tackle. <laughs> That'd be awesome. We're not recruiting that, 183. 183. That's really Rich Rodriguez territory there. <laughs> yeah. 
Absolutely. We want him fast. He'd be like, he'd be like five eleven. <laughs> um, you know, a six three corner, or do you, or is he a safety? Probably. I don't know. Eh, I don't. I mean, he. I would project him out as a corner still, but um, I I haven't got a chance to watch his film yet, so I'd probably be able to tell you here in the next couple of weeks. My. I mean, I guess I would say, like, with that size and that offer sheet, I'd be surprised if he's got the wheels to stick at a, you know, a power five corner. But CB, yeah, yeah. I mean, like that. I mean, I could, I could see him as a safety. He also may have. He, they may also look at that that size and say, like, we'll bulk the bulk this guy up to linebacker. Oh, yeah. That's okay. A good point. Yeah, or or wide receiver. Yeah. It depends. But if you don't have the wheels, like you're mentioning, yeah, be interesting. Okay. Uh, yeah. Guys, one one last – well, from a uh, recruiting standpoint, one last thing. You know, I, I think we've talked a little bit about how critical, um, you know, I think it is for us to have a good season, especially in Kevin Sullivan's second year. Um, I don't know if you guys have been paying attention to what ASU is doing up north from a recruiting standpoint, but, I mean, they're pulling five-star kids out of the state of Ohio that, um, you know, had offer sheets of, you know, he had an offer list of uh, 25, 30 big schools. I mean, um, you know, the cream of the crop. And so, you know, I think for us, five-star kids, who are you, who are you talking about? I'm, I'm looking at their, their list right now. I know they have Chad Johnson's kid who should be awesome, but so they, they, they did pull a, they pulled a, a, a big time four-star running back out of Ohio. I mean, I, I lived in Columbus, Ohio. Um, it was, a, it was a story here locally that that kid deal. didn't go to Ohio state. Um, yeah. ASU has been on a, on a bit of a run. Uh, recruiting this 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 season, I, we just have to. You have to build that momentum up though this this year because I mean honestly, um, you know they've got the, whatever Herm has done, which you know we were all making fun of a, a year ago. Um, I mean they've obviously got that thing on the right track and got a lot of big time recruits paying attention to them, even though the you know the results haven't you know popped up yet. So. Well, I was always saying the new the new leadership model is just hiring interesting people as coaches, like and making good hires. <laughs> that's yeah. really, I mean, that's it. And just Martin being a nice Walter. guy. <laughs> I'm sorry you have to break yeah. us on Sunday. I didn't plan this. Like that was one of his press conferences. <laughs> this happened before I was here. I would never have you out here at this moment. <laughs> I mean, Arizona's got to make some hay at some point. I mean, like, you know, USC and UCLA aren't going to be stupid forever. Right. Like they're, you know, clay. <laughs> I mean, no, but this is, this is what drives me crazy about like having Rich Rodriguez during this, this time when, you know, USC shuffled through Lane Kiffin, Sarkeesian and Clay Helton and, you know, UCLA let, um, uh, Jim Morris screw it up. And then they hired Chip Kelly who signed no four stars. Um, you know, like Arizona, I mean, like the window has has been there for yeah. someone to really make a move in the South. And I mean, Arizona, you don't want to, you don't want to, you don't want to leave yourself like out of the, you know, with UCLA, ASU and Arizona all made new hires in the same season. You don't want to find yourself in a position where like the other schools start to gain momentum and you're not. The South has for real been game of Thrones. Like they chopped off Lane Kiffin's head <laughs> And like just the world of Westeros <laughs> has just been killing each other. Like everybody has a little bit of a turn and then they get knocked off. It's been really oh. crazy. You know, and, and I, you brought up a, a good point, Rob, because, uh, or Rick, because I've been watching ASU's recruiting and, and I've been joking that like they've signed so many offensive linemen that they're going to wheel out like 11, 300 pound 
guys by the year 2021. I mean, they literally have seven guys, if you count Cody Shear, that are offensive linemen that have committed to, to ASU. But to Herm's credit, like some of them are fairly highly rated. Um, getting Cody Shear was somebody that was an Arizona commit and somebody who everybody here in Tucson was excited about. And this was a big weakness for them. And he went out and you know, some of these, if you do, if you go 50, 50, Lev said this on uh, the Wildcaster podcast. Um, if you go 50, 50 on your tackles and, or on your offensive and defensive linemen, you're shooting, you're shooting pretty well. And, uh, you know, the, the greater the number, the greater the odds, I guess. Right. Oh, go ahead, Rob. No, no, I, I think that, and they, they have a guy that, um, Dave Christensen, who was Gary Pinkle's offensive lineman when Missouri went 10 or offensive line coach and an offensive coordinator when Missouri went 10 and one a couple of years back. And then he was that coach at Wyoming. He's a pretty well-regarded offensive line coach. They, they had some struggles in the passing protection last season, but they were, they were a good run blocking unit and you kind of expect them to, to kind of continue to improve there. Like Kerm for all his faults put together a pretty good staff. I mean, I would say also, Kevin Sumlin has put together a pretty good staff. So yeah, be, yeah. be some competition. Firm for Herm. Yeah. <laughs> what are you saying, Rick? <laughs> I don't even know where to go with that. 